Hey, everybody, before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to make sure you're following Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. We're on Facebook under that name. We're on Instagram and Twitter under Testis Cancer. That's T-E-S-T-E-S Cancer, C-A-N-C-E-R, which I'm very sure that you know how to spell at this point. So make sure you give us a follow if you're not already so that when we post new content or post reminders for your monthly self-exams, you can be the first one to see it. Thanks so much. Let's get into the episode. The stories shared on It Takes Balls are unique to the individual sharing. Always speak with your trusted medical provider for treatment options specific to you. Welcome back to It Takes Balls. It is officially October 1st. Um, If you're listening to this, I've just been married. Hopefully I have made it home from my Disney World trip. I've never driven that far before. So if you're listening to this and I'm dead, well, it's already been recorded and posted. Um, Today I'm joined by testicular cancer survivor on the It Takes Balls podcast, Presented by Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. Today, I've got Zach Dahlheimer. He's a news anchor with News 3 in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Zach, thanks so much for being here. Hey, Stephen, and congratulations uh, uh, to you both. Uh, hope your trip uh, back up was well, and hope your trip down to, uh, to Disney World was well. Being from Florida, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really cool place indeed. <laughs> and I'm just messing around. We were recording this in August, so and I'm trying to get all these episodes done before the wedding so that I can enjoy married life for the fall. So by the time you're hearing this, Zach has just had a birthday. So happy belated birthday. Yes. Yeah. I'll be uh, 29 when this airs. So uh, last year of my twenties and before we get into the really good decade. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So give me like a little bit of your, your background. I mentioned you're a news anchor, but tell me about yourself before we get into your, your testicular cancer story. Sure. So uh, I am a news anchor and investigative reporter for WTKR News 3 and WGNT-TV. We're the CBS and CW affiliates serving the Hampton Roads uh, area of Virginia, more also known as Southeast Virginia. So Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Newport News and all the surrounding areas, as well as Northeast North Carolina, Outer Banks and some counties more inland uh, west of the Outer Banks. Uh, I've been doing this now for about 10 years uh, with experience uh, in Virginia, North Carolina, California, and in my home state of Florida, originally from uh, West Palm Beach. Uh, Grew up down there, went to high school in Daytona Beach, uh, just outside of Orlando. Proud University of Florida uh, Gator graduate uh, from the University of Florida Journalism School and soon to be graduate from the University of Missouri. So I'll have that uh, double SEC uh, thing going for me pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. So let's jump forward to your testicular cancer. Where were you in your in that, you know, big moving around the country? Where were you in that when you were diagnosed? Yeah, so uh, I was 26 years old at the time. I was a reporter at a station in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, you know, Stephen, you know from being within the business, I mean, uh, there's a lot of moving around, especially in your mid-20s. Your career is one of the big things in your life. You know, you want to keep moving up or go to certain areas, get certain positions, keep busy uh, to attain what you want in your professional career. So uh, I was lucky enough to work uh, in Raleigh, which at the time uh, was a top 25 market in the country at that age, uh, doing general news assignment reporting, investigative reporting where I can, uh, and living in a great city. Uh, the, the research triangle is a beautiful area. So you, you moved from there to where you are now. And then, so you were diagnosed, was it shortly after you moved um, to Hampton Roads? It was actually before I moved to Hampton Roads. Okay. Uh, it was January 21st, 2020. That's the date that'll be uh, burnt in my brain for as long as I live. 
So tell me about when you, you know, you just made that big move and, you know, it's a huge life change. And I watched the piece that you're stationed it on you. I mean, the, the doctor mentioned that testicular cancer kind of affects young men who are going through these big changes. So tell me about that. Well, yeah, I mean, at that point it was, uh, uh, when I went to, to news three, it was around, uh, two months and change after my diagnosis. Uh, not to mention also, uh, there was a thing uh, called coronavirus that was surfacing at the time. Uh, so couple those two things along with uh, a big move and a career change. Uh, a lot was going on mentally for me at the time. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I will say the big thing that helped me out was having a good support group, uh, not just with that time, but also dealing with testicular cancer. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to my folks, uh, Mike and Kim Dahlheimer, my mom and dad, they've been, uh, uh, the best set of parents, uh, that anyone could ask for. They, they took this thing head on with me since uh, we found out the news, uh, and really have stayed with me going to my appointments, uh, helping me, uh, with other things health related in my life related to the cancer bout, uh, and it really, uh, having my champions and heroes. I mean, that's really the best way I can put it. They are my true heroes in life. Yeah. It's super important to have a, a great support system. And I think we should have a, a great parents off because mine were also great. So shout out to them too. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So had you ever heard of testicular cancer before you were diagnosed? You know, I've, I heard bits and pieces about it, uh, and mainly just, uh, not a whole lot. I, 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 the big thing that I got from was Lance Armstrong, you know, him saying about it, uh, talking about his journey, uh, offhand, you know, where you see him in movies or when you saw him, uh, when he was competing, it would get mentioned offhand, but that was really the only famous person at the time and really the only person in general that I knew where testicular cancer was associated. So quite frankly, I had heard about it. Uh, but I mean, it, it was not on my mind whatsoever at the time. What led you to go to the doctor to, to be seen about what ended up being your TC? So it's a very interesting story, uh, as to how I found out uh, my situation. I want to go back to January 12th, January 12th, 2020. Uh, it was eight o'clock in the morning. I remember it, uh, still like it was yesterday. Um, I wake up and I am in excruciating pain in my abdomen and going down into my scrotum. Uh, very concerned. A lot of thoughts going through your mind. Uh, you know, I played sports growing up in high school. Uh, so obviously I knew what groin pain felt like, you know, playing football, playing lacrosse. Uh, but this was different. I, I, I was really nervous, didn't know what was going on. I was calling my folks saying, Hey, what should I do? And they said, go to the hospital. Uh, and thankfully I was just down the road from uh, the nearest hospital, uh, where I was living in Raleigh at the time. So got to the hospital and immediately in the ER, you know, you check your vitals and so forth. And I'm just, what is going on? Like I have the biggest question mark in my head at the time. Uh, I've, I've never gone through something like this before. So they roll me back and they do a, an ultrasound down there. And, uh, a little bit goes by, I would say about like an hour or two. And I have some medical staff, doctors and nurses come back and they put me on a bed, they put an IV in me, and which makes me even more concerned. So I'm saying, I thought I was just coming into an ER visit just to get evaluated and maybe get prescribed something and go home. Well, the 
I think it was the PA and then the doctor, uh, Dr. Kevin Perry, who was the urologist uh, on call at the time at the hospital, came in and said, this is very serious. Uh, you need emergency surgery right now, and we're up against the clock. And even more concern now goes in my head. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, have you ever heard of a condition called testicular torsion? And I said, no, not really. I, I, I haven't. And basically for those uh, of your listeners and viewers that may not be aware of it, but it's basically when they twist. And it was one of my uh, testicles that had twisted uh, of at least a full revolution and a half. I don't remember the exact degree, but uh, it was about, they, I think my doctor said 530 to 720 degrees. So oh. about a, a revolution and a half to like almost two revolutions. I don't remember because it's been a while, but uh, I remember Dr. Perry was just saying, uh, did you walk in here? I'm like, yeah, I walked in. It's like, I don't know how you walked in and you're not on the floor writhing in pain. You should be in a lot of pain right now, like you have a high pain tolerance. So long story short, uh, they walked me through, they said, well, this is a condition to where, um, depending on when this uh, was onset, uh, you, we can try and, and salvage your testicle. But uh, at a certain point of time, because the whole point of torsion is uh, the, testic the, the testicle turns and, is, and cuts off the blood supply. So if it goes prolonged past a certain time, the testicle could die because no blood is coming down to that area. So they go, they go back into the, uh, uh, they roll me back into the ER. They explain everything uh, beforehand. They said there is a chance you could lose it depending on, you know, how it is when we go into the operating room. So, and my big concern for me was, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, can you just tell me, I, I, I want to be a dad someday and I want to be, you know, get married and have kids. Is this going to impact it? And they said, well, no, you, you still have your other ones. So you could still have children from that standpoint. So I said, okay, well that, uh, got that big concern for me down. So they went in, they had the operation, uh, and they could, they unfortunately could not salvage the testicles. So they ended up removing it. Uh, and then also helping with the other ones. So that way the right, uh, the right side wouldn't do what the left side did, uh, stayed overnight in the hospital and, uh, got discharged the next day. My folks came up from Florida, uh, while I was in the OR, I was by myself at the time. Uh, no one, you know, I didn't have a, uh, significant other with me. I didn't have my parents with me, you know, just by myself, but they came up from Florida to help me out in the recovery. So I was at home at week recovering and, uh, went back to work, uh, the following Monday, which would have been January 20th, I believe. And I get a call and the call was from, uh, Dr. Perry's nurse, uh, at his office in Cary, North Carolina. And she said, yeah, this is so-and-so, the uh, nurse of Dr. Perry's office. Uh, just wanted to uh, touch base with you. I know that you had your post-op with Dr. Perry scheduled for Wednesday this week, but we actually wanted to call you to see if you could schedule it. He wants to see you a little bit sooner. Can you come in in two or three hours, in the next two or three hours? And in my mind, I'm like, well, no, because I, I work what we call in the, in the TV news business uh, night side. So that means uh, you work from roughly 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon to about 11.30, uh, midnight, depending on where you are in the country. But 
Uh, I said, well, no, unfortunately I can't come in. I've got to go into work. It's my first time back in a week. Uh, and she said, well, how about to, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, 7.15 a.m., uh, you'll be his first patient of the day. You'll have all the time in the world with him to go over the procedure. That was it. That was what was said on the phone. I... I was just more kind of just, oh, you know, I got to wait, I got to work till midnight, then I got to come in at 7.15 in the morning. So I was just more concerned about that. And I figured, well, you know, he does surgery, so maybe he's shifting his schedule around, trying to work things out. So I said, okay, yeah, yeah sure, absolutely. I'll see you uh, Tuesday morning, 7.15. So go back to work. Um, everything's, in my mind, is back to normal, you know, typical night at work. Uh and then wake up and go with my folks uh, to uh, see Dr. Perry uh, the next morning, January 21st. And uh, no one was there, uh, just the staff. We were the only patients uh, in the wa- in the waiting room. Call us back uh, to his his office. You know, you have the uh, the chairs and everything, uh, books, uh, examining tables. And a little while goes by, and uh, uh, he comes in. Uh, immediately grabs a stool and rolls it up to me. And he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing okay. Good to see you. It's been a week. I know. Um, and he said, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, uh, good to see you. Thank-. And he said, thank you very much for coming in, especially shifting your schedule around. And then he goes into it saying, I'd much rather deliver this type of news in person versus over the phone or through email. And then the wheels start going in my head saying, well, where are you going with this doc? And so he then explained after the torsion surgery, uh, they do a pathology report, which is standard operating procedure. And about a few days or so later, they got the pathology report back and they found on the testicle that was, uh, had the torsion that they removed. Uh, and he said, he was telling me, yeah, we found some seminoma, which is a type of testicular cancer. And at that point, I just go deaf. I, I'm, the information's coming in, but it's not processing. I'm hearing noises. The way I like, the, the way I kind of describe it is if anyone has seen the series Breaking Bad, you know, the first uh, episode uh, with Walter White sitting right there in the doctor's office and the doctor's explained to him his diagnosis. And it's just kind of like just noise going in and out. Um, and, I, I, I finally, after a while, was just very confused, and I said, wait, doc, wait, wait, wait a second. Are you saying that I have cancer? And then he said, yes, you have testicular cancer. And so then it just, that's when it started to come in, and he explained it. He said, uh, and he told me with this in the piece uh, that aired on News 3 on my, on my journeys that uh, seminomas usually typically show up fairly quickly when they do a, an, an ultrasound uh, in that region. But because this, uh, the testicle had cut off the blood supply, it was very, they, it couldn't be read. It, they, it, they couldn't see the tumor. So uh, the fact that uh, he was going in operating as a torsion and was able to remove the testicle uh, within that time, not knowing that cancer was in my body at the time, was in my mind an extreme blessing. And he told me, he said, you are the luckiest man alive right now. He looked at me straight in the eyes and said that. Uh, He said, I've never seen a presentation like this in all my years of of practicing urology. Uh, Typically, uh, you have testicular cancer, testicular uh, torsion. Very rarely do you have one 
masking for the other. And thank God he did what he did because if he was able to salvage the testicle, get the blood flowing down there, um, send me off on my way, not knowing that I had cancer in my body, who knows the growth potentially or how the cancer could have evolved uh, later on weeks down the line. And I had no symptoms. I had no inclination of, um, and he asked me that. He said, well, did you, have you been feeling weird? Have you, have you been uh, getting any symptoms? I said, no, I haven't. I said, this is a, I, I was not expecting this obviously at all. So then he starts laying out uh, the, uh, the game plan of, okay, well, this is what you need to do. Uh, and uh, I'm like trying to take everything in. Thank God my mom and dad were with me because they were kind of taking notes and uh, uh, mentally taking uh, stuff in as well. Uh, okay, this is what you can expect. These are the different treatment plans uh, that we have. We're going to do more tests you know, for the staging and to uh, figure out a treatment plan. But the thing that stuck with me was when he said, this is a very curable disease. Your odds right now are very good. And he looked at me and smiled and he said, you're going to be okay. No matter what happens, you are going to be okay. We're going to fight this and you are going to live a great rest of your life uh, to where this will be a bump in the road, but we'll take care of this and tackle this. That's incredible. Like it seems like, you know, a lot of people have some kind of other incident that gets them in there and, and then they realize which, I mean, it's just crazy how that works. Yeah, I, I've, I've, and I've seen videos uh, from doctors around the country that have said, yeah, it typically when a, when a man um, uh, feels something weird or they go into a doctor and there's, uh, you know, they, they diagnose it through there. But this was just, uh, like I said, uh, I'm, very, I'm very thankful for Dr. Perry because I'm convinced he saved my life. Had I not, had he not done what he did and uh, in that sort of way, if he didn't go that route, uh, who knows where my journey could have gone from there. So I, I'm very appreciative of him and, and uh, hold him in very high regard uh, to this day. Yeah. Hey, shout out to him. So you were which stage? Stage one? I was uh, stage one. Yes. Stage one seminoma. Um, and the process uh, after that uh, involved uh, going to see different oncologists. There was a bunch of different doctors I went to. I went to a local oncology clinic uh, in the Raleigh in the Raleigh area, um, and I went to different clinics around the country, not just in North Carolina, but up to Sloan Kettering in New York, just to get those different opinions. Because I was told early on, especially with the cancer diagnosis, you want to get a second opinion, maybe a third, uh, and you know, obviously find. Uh, the one that's going to tackle the cancer, get the best results, but get the treatment plan that suits you well. Uh, and that what, what you'd be most comfortable with and so forth. So it was a lot of, uh, that was an interesting experience going to different uh, clinics, uh, Sloan Kettering, Duke, and then UNC, which is where I uh, ended up going to start my active surveillance treatment. Uh, I, there was, uh, at first we were thinking possibly chemotherapy. Then I had, uh, one say, well, maybe another surgery and, and, and radiation. And then, uh, UNC, uh, came and said, yes, active surveillance. Uh, yeah, uh, we, this is the one, uh, this is the treatment plan we recommend. So from there on, uh, they said that of course your presentation was very unique. So we're definitely going to keep you under a microscope, uh, south every three months uh, for that first year. So, uh, 
MRIs, blood work, x-rays every three months in 2020. Then it evolved to every four months the following year. And then this year I've done the every six months. So uh, by the time this is being recorded, uh, my last appointment would have been end of August and then going back uh, up in the following February for which will be three years of active surveillance uh, at that point too, which hopefully then we can go to once a year for scans and tests moving forward. Well, congrats, man. That's awesome. Um, so when you're going to those, when you're going to all those different hospitals for the different opinions and you're getting those kind of mixed treatment plans, I mean, how are you and your parents deciding what is best for you? Well, I mean, we're, uh, I, from the get go, I'll say, and, and my, my, my mom, especially she's big into this too. And, and I'm certainly big into it being a journalist. I just started researching, you know, I, 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 I saw videos from a well-known doctor, uh, uh, at Johns Hopkins, uh, UCLA, UNC, Sloan Kettering, everywhere, Indiana, uh, just to get as much information on this cancer in general, the stage of cancer I have, and typically what are the most common treatment plans that are most successful for the stage and the type of cancer that I had stage one seminoma. So, um, and my parents and I, we wanted to definitely, uh, I think the, uh, the mindset that we had for this was, uh, minimally invasive, but most results, let's see, you know, what we can do, but obviously, uh, open to everything on the table uh, as well and just seeing uh, and just weighing all those different different opinions. Yeah. And I know it's not good to compare stages, but I almost feel in my opinion, like stage one is maybe even tougher than stage two, which I was because, you know, you're, you don't know. I mean, you, you hope that they got it all, but you don't know for sure. Right. I mean, the mental game with testicular cancer is one of the biggest parts. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a really good point, Stephen. I mean, the fact that, uh, they said that it was localized to that certain area. Uh, but at first in those first couple of visits, uh, they wanted to uh, see about, well, did it spread to the lymph nodes? Did it spread anywhere else? And that is really a big a mind battle. And, and that adds to the, the mental health aspect of it saying, well, yes, you hope you get it. You, you hope that it, uh, everything, um, they got everything uh, within that surgery, uh, but in those surveillance, like that's what causes, you know, the, um, the nervousness every time you go into the doctor for these MRIs and everything like that, as I'm going to the machine or as I'm going in to get my x-ray and blood work, I'm just looking at those, uh, three markers on the, on the, on the blood test. I'm thinking, okay, where are they going to be? Are they going to be, going to be up? They're going to be down. And are they going to see anything in the scans? One thing though, that will help me that has helped me though. And I, I try to, my thing is, 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 is humor is very important and you definitely have to be thinking positive when you're going through certain things like this. Um, I definitely have to big, have a big shout out to UNC for uh, having the capability to, as I'm getting my MRIs, uh, they're like, what type of, I, I went in for, uh, for the first one. They're like, what type of music do you like to listen to? And I said, well, you know, Metallica, ACDC. They're like, oh yeah, you like Metallica? Okay. So they're just, excuse me, every time I'm going into the MRI, they're cranking up Metallica. And it's kind of, that gives me my little Zen moment as I'm like, you know, taking a little nap as uh, you're going into the machine. I mean, I think, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, the, the t- this, this machine's manufacturer, they really synced up the machine's noises to Lars's drumming on these albums. So, 
That's funny. Very, very <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I keep harping on the, the big, the big move and life change that you had. I mean, this was, you said before, sure. but, um, you know, you would just, I guess, I assume you probably had just signed with your new, where you are now news three. So what's going through your head when you, when you've got this diagnosis and you're like, all right, well, I've got this big thing planned where I'm going to be moving up to Hampton roads, Virginia. I mean, what's, what are you thinking at that point? Uh, a lot of things on my mind. I mean, uh, I'm two months in to getting diagnosed. And at that time when I was starting up here, um, you know, I was one month from starting the active surveillance route. So, uh, it's very fresh in my brains. And on top of that, uh, you're moving and, uh, you're moving to a new area, to a new station, to a new station ownership group. Uh, so it's a it's a lot of new territory to cover. On top of, at the time in March of 2020, there was a lot of, that's when COVID-19 was really starting to get into the public eye more and more. And all these changes that went to affect um, guidances coming from the CDC, from states, what they, what they may do, what they may not do, um, and especially there's a lot of talk of, oh yes, you know, COVID-19, uh, if you're a cancer survivor or cancer, cancer patient, so forth, uh, you definitely need to, uh, be careful, especially when you're out and about. Um, so moving, uh, was a, was an adventure trying to find a new apartment, uh, was an adventure indeed. But, uh, one thing I will say is, uh, I'm extremely thankful to WTKR for how they have helped me uh, especially, uh, I want to give a shout out, Sarah wall and, and Eric Olson who hired me, uh, to channel three, uh, Gerardo Lopez, Allison Herman, and all the other management and my coworkers that have helped me, uh, throughout uh, this time, because my biggest concern was, you know, coming into a new place, you know, you hit the ground running when you start a new station, you know, you're getting, uh, getting used to the community. You're, uh, making sure the community is familiar with you and getting familiar with the beats and the types of stories going on and wanting to you know, get off on the right foot. And then at the, when you come home, you have this type of, uh, this other thing you're dealing with mentally. So, but, uh, that's why I go back to, uh, you have to keep staying strong and staying positive because, uh, that's what helped me, you know, positive thinking and positive mindset, is very often the best medicine overall that we can have because no matter what you're going through, it can be such a good cathartic experience and mindset to be in to help you navigate even the darkest waters. So uh, that's what's really helped me get through this, you know, that support group as well as just thinking to myself, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to beat this. I, I'm going to beat this. And I said that from the beginning, the first day that when I was diagnosed, I'm going to beat to beat this uh, into oblivion. And so just having that mindset from the get go and, and saying rock and roll, you know, we're going to you know, knock this into the ground and, and, and enjoy the new experiences and think about the, the life experiences that are ahead for you later on down the line. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you could maybe look at kind of those, all those changes that were going on around the same time. You could either look at them as a distraction, which I guess might be the, I don't know, maybe the positive route, or you could look at them as like, and added stress. And it, it sounds like, you know, you went the positive route. Yes. Uh, and that's the only route. Um, uh, yes, they, yes, it was a distraction. Um, and, and, and obviously stressful. And, 
stress is not something that anyone going through cancer uh, wants or needs. So, um, you know, it's having that positive mindset and just surrounding yourself with positive people uh, in a welcoming atmosphere and helping you out. Uh, they were, the station has been very flexible with my schedule when I have to go to Chapel Hill for uh, certain follow-ups and stuff. So, uh, and just being aware of your mental health too and making sure that mental health is taken care of. And that's one thing that I got out of my experience going through cancer is mental health is so important. It's just as important as your physical health because you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself and know that uh, you're okay before you can go on and, 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 and go through certain ventures and measures and uh, also uh, go through experiences with other people. Yeah. I was going to ask about if you were still being treated down there. Do they let you like get blood work or anything locally or you have to go all the way down there for all that? They've given me the option to have everything done up here in Virginia Beach or Norfolk, but um, out of my own uh, choice, I just chose to stay with Chapel Hill and UNC. I mean, they're a great facility, and uh, I love my doctor, Dr. Matt Malowski, uh, my oncologist uh, that I've been working with for the last two and a half years. Uh, and I won. he gave me that option, too, when I moved, uh, saying, hey, if you, if, if you want to continue the test, I can refer you to someone up there. And I said, no, I said, I... I appreciate that, but, you know, he's very highly regarded and has done a lot of great work in this field. And I told him, I said, I want you as the captain of this ship. I want you to help me guide me through this, uh, at least until we get into a maintainable uh, time frame of maybe doing the, the once a year, maybe five years later down the line, whatever. But at least in the beginning stages, uh, I wanted him to be a part of my journey, not just from the beginning, but to see it all the way through. Yeah, that makes sense. Talk about, um, you know, you said you only heard of Lance Armstrong, like it was the only person that you'd heard of that had had it. Um, now you're kind of in a position of, you know, notoriety um, and using that kind of position that you have to spread awareness. Yeah, so I uh, immediately I, I started looking at uh, different groups uh, when I moved up here because uh you have to surround yourself again with good people. So I went to, uh, I looked up on different organizations, the testicular cancer awareness foundation for one. Uh, uh, I was, I, I was amazed at, at, at their work they did as well as the support group, uh, that they offered to men, uh, but also going to things like the American cancer society, uh, and getting involved with different events and, First to me, it gave me a new perspective on covering cancer from a news perspective. You know, there's one thing to know uh, someone you love or someone you respect going through cancer, but when you get diagnosed yourself, it's a completely different understanding uh, from the physicality, the, the, the mentality of going through it. Um, so that made me realize uh, the, the added benefit of getting the awareness out with on this type of platform because I, I don't take for granted my platform and we as journalists should, uh, we have a, a duty to educate the public and to make them aware of things, uh, to help them in their lives and their surroundings. So I, I thought this was a great opportunity to, um, get out there at first, uh, 
get certain things out there about uh, cancer organizations here in Southeast Virginia, helping people out and so forth. Uh, and eventually I got involved with the American Cancer Society. I'm now serving on their board of directors here in Virginia. So very thankful for that opportunity. Nice. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, and they've been a great uh, uh, support group for me here too, uh, getting to meet different people, um, uh, getting to uh, work with other groups uh, in terms of community outreach, such as Urology of Virginia. Uh, also done stories with the Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation and of the Movember Foundation. Uh, so I made it a point, I started doing it in October of 2020. I said, um, what about doing uh, Real Men Wear Pink to help with breast cancer awareness uh, with the American Cancer Society? That was my first year doing that. Uh, to where I said, okay, I'm going to wear pink every day, every day for the month of October uh, to help raise awareness uh, of this cancer. Because I had uh, family and friends, uh, uh, family friends going through breast cancer and, and uh, seeing how it's impacted their lives. So that was my first go at um, from my platform using it uh, through our station. We did a, uh, a thing where I aired uh, cancer stories throughout the month, breast cancer stories. Uh, while raising money for uh, Real Men Wear Pink. The following year, I just said, okay, you know, it's been a little bit and it's baby steps. You know, I, I was getting more and more comfortable telling close friends and then friends uh, from a wider perspective and then people in general about uh, my cancer because, you know, at first, testicular cancer, you hear a lot of people say it. it's, it's a disease a, a lot of men young men don't want to talk about. Uh, and I was one of them at first. And I think after a while, I started to get more and more comfortable with telling my story. And I made a point to myself that eventually I would like to come out and tell my story of going through testicular cancer and so forth. But I was concerned about, you know, uh, doing it, you know, in my capacity, in my role. And I got to hand Gerardo, my news director at the time, uh, who came in, uh, we had a meeting in September of last year and, uh, he was very, he had a lot of empathy. He had a lot of, uh, uh, regard for what I went through. And we, we really had an in-depth discussion about cancer, testicular cancer and, and in general. And he offered up the idea to say, Hey, uh, you could do a lot of good if you share uh, your story. It's 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 at your own pace, you know. If you're comfortable doing it, uh, you do it on your own terms. But um, I will fully support you, and the station will fully support you if that's something you want to do, because you would have the ability to help out a lot of guys that, like you, maybe that didn't go through a lot of, uh, uh, didn't know. A lot about testicular cancer and the need to do uh, self exams and so forth. It, it could be a, a benefit, especially for families here in the community. And so I, I took that and I was, I was digesting that mentally for a while. And I said, you know what? He's right. I think I maybe want to do this. And so I did real men wear pink again. And this time I, I did the model of every week uh, on Wednesday doing a story related to breast cancer here in Hampton Roads or in Virginia. And I made it on, I, it would always air every Wednesday on channel three because on Wednesdays we were pink. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, then I said, okay, I want to do something with, 
the Movember Foundation and do stories about uh, the big pillars that they represent, which is, you know, their organization, but also uh, men's mental health, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. And up until the month, I was kind of going back and forth mentally. I'm like, do I want to talk to, you know, do I want to find another survivor in the community? But then I was thinking more about Gerardo, what he said and, and what I was thinking about, you know, there's no time like the present. It's, it's a great opportunity. And I said, you know what? You have that feeling of I'm ready. I want to, you know, tell everyone, I don't want to, you know, keep it a secret. Cause at, at certain points in the beginning, I said, you know, Oh yeah, I had cancer. They asked, I said, well, what type of cancer did you have? I said, well, it's a private matter. I don't want to you know, go into it. But then I said, you know what? I want to be open. I want to tell people about what I went through because hopefully, um, my story could be a story of strength to maybe uh, other men that have went through it or that were newly diagnosed and also be a, a, an advocate guide for families uh, to make sure that they're well aware of this, is what you need to do for early detection. Uh, and so that way they're ahead of the game. Uh, hopefully their family member doesn't get it, but they know the important information if needed. So um, I made a decision and I told uh, folks at the station, I said, Hey, I, I want to do this. I want to share my story. And uh, Wayne Pellenberg, our photojournalist, and Kelly Dietz, our producer, uh, interviewed me. And uh, like now, you know, I share my story for the first time. And it was a little in- it weird. It was a little interesting. I had revealed details I was very guarded about. Um, but afterwards, it felt cathartic. Mm-hmm. It felt really good about getting it out there and, uh, you know, hoping that, guys could see it and, and have a conversation, you know, uh, not just here for me, but I also, uh, and again, thankfully, I'm thankful for the station. They were able to uh, make this happen, but Wayne and I were able to go down to Raleigh to talk with Dr. Perry who operated on me and to talk with uh, Dr. Malowski, as well as Dr. Eric Wallen at UNC, who is a big advocate for men's health. Uh, does a lot of work with organizations and with UNC about getting guys to the doctor and making sure they're aware about certain things. But to do that experience, it was just, it gave me some closure at the end to not only for myself, but also I have another reason to do what I do. And this was just an incredible opportunity and I, and I'm very thankful for it. And I'm just, it it, it helped me and hopefully it's helped and will help a, a lot of people down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. When you did that story, did you have anybody reach out to you that had similar stories about testicular cancer or prostate cancer or anything like that? Yeah. After my story aired, uh, I think it was in the first day or two after it aired, I had a woman, I believe she lives in California, emailed me, uh, all the way out there and she caught wind of the story. And I think she said, um, you know, I have a family member. I, I, I think she may have said it was her nephew or someone, but I don't want to, you know, get that wrong. But she said, I had a family member go through it and thank you so much for being open and sharing your story. And that was just, that, 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 that was one of the big endorsements there for me, because if that's, if that's the, uh, uh, the, you know, the awards, that, uh, the rewards that come from this, that's what matters uh, is people see it, they recognize it and, and hopefully it helps them out. So it was interesting getting that all the way across country, 
you know, hopefully I, my mindset was, oh yeah, guys here in Southeast Virginia, Northeast North Carolina. But I was like, wow, like all the way out in California, that's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty, plenty that, you know, didn't say anything, but when they saw your story, I'm sure they're like, hold on a second. I got to go check myself. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I think I must, I think I talk about it way too much because I had a friend when, uh, well, now when this airs, be my wife, she was getting a tattoo and the tattoo artist who's a friend of mine was like, dude, after you're like, after you've been posting all this stuff, he's like, I've been to the doctor five times. I'm like, all right, well, that's, that's a little much, but Hey, shout wow. out for going. Yeah. But, but, but look at that. I mean, just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. The impact that, you know, whether that's on television or social media is a big one. I mean, to be able to, to get out, you know, not only our personal stories, but to get out vital information and hear from doctors. I mean, this podcast, I mean, I've listened to a lot of other survivors uh, being brave to uh, join you uh, into sharing their stories, uh, hearing from doctors, uh, sharing their experiences. It's vital. And, and that's the way that uh, this message is going to get across. The more we talk about this, uh, the more of an impact this is going to be uh, to, to really make big dividends on this eventually. So as we said, today is October 1st. Um, so next month is, is mo you know, November and that's when everybody does the men's health stuff. You got anything planned for, for your, you know, story wise? <laughs> I, I, well, I think I might be uh, talking to someone I'd like to interview on this episode right here, as a okay. matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'd love to do it again. And it was great. I mean, we had, um, we started a WTKR team. Uh, we had a, a lot of the, uh, the anchors and reporters uh, grow their beards out with me. Uh, Blaine Stewart, uh, was, was such a fan of his beard too, that he was able to keep it after November. So shout out to him. Uh, and yeah, I would love to do more stories about, you know, doing stuff with you, doing stuff with, uh, uh, prostate cancer survivors, uh, mental health awareness uh, and talking with me, uh, local medical providers about getting that word out and to share more stories because uh, it's, it's great to hear from, you know, uh, if one person is shares their story, that's great. But if we could have that person also share or other people join in with that person to share their stories and their experiences, the more it gets out there, the more benefits we're going to have. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this campaign. That's awesome. And I just have to say this podcast is Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. So, you know, we're partial to TCAF on this side of the camera, but um <laughs> hey, that right right there too. I got the wristband right there, man. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> so if anybody who's listening to this and you know, testicular cancer is is your thing, TCAF is we're always accepting donations as well. Um, is there anything that you wanna Absolutely. is there anything that you wanna add that I didn't ask about? Um, I think we covered it all. I mean, this has been a great experience and thank you so much uh, again for, uh, this, uh, this opportunity to share my story and my experience and why I do what I do. Um, you know, my, as I mentioned, I have a new purpose now in life. I feel like with, um, uh, with cancer, you have one of two options, my pure opinion, you know, one, you could do nothing or you could stand up and, and, and square off with it. And, uh, and, and really, you know, uh, take, uh, smack it right in the mouth. And, uh, and I think doing the latter, it's, uh, it's really, it's really helpful. And, uh, it really, 
it, it gives you, a new, for me at least, a new purpose in life, you know, with my career, with my life, uh, getting involved, because uh, at the end of the day, we want to make sure this information is out there, but also uh, to help out people, uh, because, you know, whether it's yourself or whether it's a family member or a friend, uh, you know someone that's going through, whether it be testicular cancer or another type of cancer, and being there for them, uh, you have no idea how much it, it means to have that support by you because, you know, the, I, I showed you the one wristband, but this is another one that I wear right here. I don't know if you can read it and I've worn it. Uh, I wear it on and off. I wear it to my, uh, cancer appointments, uh, checkups, uh, and also, uh, during, uh, the months where I'm doing awareness, but it says no one fights alone. And that is so true. No one fights alone. You don't, you're never alone. Well, align yourself with the, with, with the support group and, uh, you know, go to resources, go to resources to help you out. Uh, I think that that's a, that, that's a big game changer nowadays. And I would like to see, um, you know, I, I mentioned the testicular cancer awareness foundation has a great, uh, support groups, uh, opportunities for men going through this. Um, and that's something I personally would like to see with, with other health providers, hospital groups, uh, especially, uh, in more localized areas, because it's so important to, um, not just have them in certain geographical areas or cities. We need to make sure that everyone is getting it across the board. Uh, so that way everyone has a fighting chance. Yeah. One more question, you know, as a, as a news anchor and investigative reporter, you're already kind of, at least you can turn on this kind of extrovert version of yourself. Do you find that like being a cancer survivor, you're more liable to go you know, out and do things and meet people and have experiences? Yeah, I do. I, it, it really has helped me with that. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of different, uh, um, you know, with Relay for Life uh, earlier this year. It was uh, that was very. It was it was great for me to be able to interact with families and other survivors and and um, to have those experiences, but also to uh, also talk with you know, for instance since uh, meeting a, a young man uh, from England who did work for the Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation, James Gray. They need to do a story on him to, to bike thousands of miles across the country and to showcase the good that people are doing in these communities. Um, but having that, uh, that being that uh, professional life, I mean, it really uh, has helped me be open with people about my journey, but also reminding me of the, the, what I can do and how I can help however it can be to help ultimately help everyone out as much as possible. What about like, you know, just kind of doing things that you wouldn't have normally done because you, you faced your own mortality. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that um, I'm constantly reminded of, you know, especially when, you know, the cameras are not on me and uh, I'm not in front of a microphone. When I go inside uh, at my house, it's, um, you know, you can get into a, a cycle and spin, you know, especially when you're uh, when you're just being diagnosed, when you're going through uh, certain journeys with doctors or getting to going to your follow up appointments. Uh, you know, it, it, it can be daunting and it can be taxing on you with your mental health. Uh, I know for me, like med like uh, meditation has really helped out. I've, uh, I've taken that on. Uh, I'm also a musician that helps me out as well, you know, playing guitar and everything. Uh, that's, that's kind of a, a nice outlet listening to music, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that definitely 
uh, being able to talk about it openly uh, with my colleagues, with uh, people in the community here, and just how receptive everyone's been. I've, I've, I've been very thankful for that, and that's really helped me with, with dealing with that while being out in the public eye. Cool. Zach Dahlheimer, thanks for being here. Where can people find you to just follow you and, and maybe ask more about your story? So you could uh, you can go to our website, uh, WTKR.com, to where you can see the stories I've done in general, as well as more specifically uh, testicular cancer, men's health related. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Zach Dahlheimer News and follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, and, on, and message me as well through both those outlets at Zach Dahlheimer. So uh, we'd love to hear from you and, and we'd love to talk because at the end of the day, it's all about creating a conversation. But thanks so much, Stephen, again, for this opportunity. And uh, I just want to say I, I, I want to thank you for your work in this. You know, you've helped me and you were helping a lot of young men and their families out by having this podcast out and getting all the information out there. So kudos to you, man. Thank you. I wouldn't be able to do a podcast if it wasn't for having guests like you. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, buddy. Happy to do it. I'm very honored. For more information and resources for your testicular cancer journey, visit testicularcancerawarenessfoundation.org. You can also follow us on social media at Testis Cancer. We're on Facebook at Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation.